Welcome to Lessons from Sweet Valley, the podcast where we re-examine the Sweet Valley High series one book at a time and determine what lessons, if any, we can learn from them. My name is Kat Thomas, and today we are discussing book 16, From Rags to Riches. My guest today is a Maine-based endodontist, so we're bringing a little East Coast to SVH. He also is a husband and a father to a 10-year-old daughter. And how do I know this unique person? He is my cousin, CJ Thomas. Ooh. Hey, Kat. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Good to see you. It's, it's been a while. I know. I can't even remember the last time that we actually saw each other in person. Maybe uh, in in Orlando I, at Disney World? I You might be right. For which, our grandparents' 60th wedding anniversary? I think that might be it. And Scarlett, who is your daughter, was how old? So pretty little, like yeah, five maybe? Yeah. Five. Well, and then we should talk about cousins, because how the Thomas cousins are structured is you were the first grandchild, I guess, or yeah, first one born. Then it was your brother, Chris. Then after that, I think there were six girls. All girls. It was all girls. You were the oldest girl. Yep. I was the oldest girl. Yes. <laughs> So, like, my memory of you was the ringleader sometimes of all these young girls running around, and we would do plays, and you would be the director, and that's how I And you were my co-conspirator, though, at being the oldest girl cousin, though. That's true. You had a lot of clout. That's true. I mean, you were it. They looked up to you. Maybe they looked up to me and thought, eh, he's a boy. You know, maybe I'm intimidating, but what's Cousin Cat? Cousin Cat's going along with it. We'll go with her. Yeah. Um, your high school experience, did you live in Illinois when you were in high school? Uh, I had a, had a very interesting high school experience. So, yes. Yeah, so my freshman and sophomore years, I went to Bennett Academy, which is a, a private Catholic school in the suburbs of Chicago, pretty academically rigorous, I would say. And then like any short, socially awkward, nerdy boy wants to hear going into his junior year is... We're moving to Charlotte, North Carolina. So went to a Catholic school down there, which wasn't the same as Bennett. I liked living down there. It, it took some getting used to, but yeah, that was a pretty tough experience. Having two different high schools, not by choice, whatever. I survived in the end. It, whatever doesn't kill you, make you strong, makes you stronger, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that that is very hard. I mean, I think I was looked at as snotty and antisocial, which I, you know, I'm not, I'm not antisocial. I was a shy yeah. It made me study. When I moved down there, I was kind of, you know, since it was a hard move, what would I what I have to do? Just study. So I remember I got like A pluses in every class that first semester because I had no, <laughs> I had no friends or anything to do. All I would do is study. So, so yeah, Sweet Valley High is like a enigma to me. Yeah, I know. I was wondering how that was to read about this kind of a high school experience. Exactly. Do I, you have a longing for this? <laughs> Not really either. <laughs> Your way might sound a little bit better. I feel like that might set you up for more success than Sweet Valley, in my opinion. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, I, I, you, you know, you people can't see me, but I'm wearing a collared shirt. And I wanted to actually, if you were videoing this, I was going to pop my collar. <laughs> I mean, do you have the cover of this book? Did you see the cover? Oh, I see the cover. Oh, yeah. Wow. The dude's got two. He's got two pop collars. I think a sh- like a coat on over it. 
I Who didn't that? see that's what I love because I did not notice the pop collar, but you are right. There is like multiple collars. Multiple collars. Like you three got collars. Coats. Yeah. So this book, yeah, it's called Rags to Riches. It centers around Roger Barrett, who we've met before in book nine, Racing Hearts, which you listened to, right, CJ? I, I did, yes. Perfect. I did listen to that one. Yeah, so what we know about Roger is that he's from a poor family in Sweet Valley's class structure. He works after school as a janitor to support his family, his mom specifically, who has health issues. He's the most naturally talented runner of all time. He is the male Jackie Joyner Kersey. (laughs) He really is. He, He was born a god of running. Yeah. He broke the four-minute mile like his third time running, which is impressive. With basically no. And I'm running ten. I'm running the ten-minute mile, and sweat's getting into my eyes. I can. I have to (laughs) need a breather after that. So (laughs) yeah. So I mean, I thought this book would be so good for you. That's why I asked you to do it because you know Roger is a runner. You're a runner. Yeah. Roger (laughs) wants to be a doctor. You're a doctor. Okay. (laughs) You know. (laughs) <laughs> I was like, this is going to be a great book for CJ, but I don't know. Um, sweet 16, right? It's number 16. Number so. six. Oh, Sweet 16. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice that. So, I'm looking at it positively, not like the the 16th most interesting person you know. <laughs> I thought, gosh, who's next? Like the checkout clerk at the Jewel? <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Yeah, I appreciate you. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're so Six, funny. 16, no, that 16 is good because, you know, it's like any any show, the first, second episode, it's kind of like it's a rough spot. Like you're hitting your stride now. So. Oh, thank you. I'm just happy to be here. So. Oh, I'm happy for that you're here. I'm happy that you're here. So what, how this book starts. Oh, I guess we should mention too, Roger also has a girlfriend who he got together with at the end of the last book, Olivia Davidson, who's known for her bohemian style and kind of artistic tastes long yeah, skirts yeah. she wears a lot of indian saris like sashes <laughs> a lot of... sure 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 <laughs> yeah so at the end of the last book we get a little preview of what's to come where we find out that poor roger's mom has passed away and then there's this crazy situation where i want to hear how you explain this situation with roger and his family or so how he, yes. He, as a single mom, his dad is, I, I don't know who he thought his dad was, if that, ever, that subject was ever broached, but, yeah. or breached, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then comes to find out his real father is related to the richest, one of the richest families in town, the, the Patmans. The Patmans. Um, it was Bruce's uncle? Yes. Yes. And, and yes. he is dead as well. And his, he had died, he his death preceded the, the mom's death, I think. Yes. And there, in his will, it said, when Roger turns 18 or 21, he'll get a fortune. Unless the mother dies or something like that. Yes. And so, yeah, he goes from being a custodian to super rich. And he's, I thought it was interesting that he was living with his aunt and uncle like that. I guess that's his nearest. I mean, did his mom not have any relatives? I guess not. No, that's a really good question. I had a lot of questions about. Like you didn't go through like I would. I would imagine unless his mom had a living, unless a will that said 
if I die, my son goes to, I mean, I doubt she did this, to be honest with you. So in reality, he would have gone into the system. Right. It seems. He would have gone to foster care and it would have been a, you know, a whole different story, which might have been more interesting than this story. Yeah. He's lost everything. He's lost his mother. He's lost his home. He's lost his, he keeps saying he's lost his name, but I'm like, dude, you don't have to change your name. Do not change your name. (laughs) That's a whole, that's a whole other thing. I mean, you can imagine the. The legal process with the name change? Yes, I know, right? Then, uh, I mean, I know they had mo- maybe money talks, you know? Maybe the patents were like, push this through, grease the palm of the family court judge. You know, we got him. His name's legally changed. He's a minor anyway, so he really probably has no say in it. Boom, it's done. Right. I don't know if there was pr- – I mean, I guess I could do like a DNA test. <laughs> Is that <laughs> a thing in the right. 80s? Probably. Where's the proof? Right, exactly. They need to well, like – exhume the grave of Henry Patman and like match the DNA. Right. Right. And you know, I was actually taken aback by how quickly he got over his mother's death. hundred percent. Within a week. Percent. So we're going to say he's maybe 16. Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. So within a, it says like just over a week, yes. he's learned to put contact lenses in his eyes and he's walking mm-hmm. clothes. He's riding around. He's limousine driving. I mean, I mean, putting putting contact lenses in your eyes. I don't wear glasses. I mean, can you imagine putting something in your eye right uh, now? No, I can't. Wait, so plus on top of you being upset that your parent just passed away. So that's what stood out to you: the fact that he had. <laughs> it was like whoa, like a week ago, and like all of a sudden he's back in school. I mean that. Yes. This is what I thought the whole Roger wanting to be a, a doctor. I thought. My word, him getting over his mother's death that quickly, maybe that would make him a good doctor because he would be so emotionally detached from his patients that he's like, you know, that's what you want. You don't want your cardiac surgeon like crying during open heart surgery. You want them being focused and almost like Android like no emotion. Wow. That's a good insight, CJ. (laughs) I mean, that's like on the flip side. I think he's an idiot. So that I wouldn't want him operating on me, but (laughs) we meet Mrs. Patman, who is awful. Um, Our first meeting of hers when Roger kind of comes in and it's like she was sitting in front of her vanity mirror, smoothing beauty cream into the skin around her eyes. And it's just like, who would do that? I mean, for somebody who's so proper, why would you allow this new boy who just moved in with you, your your nephew, I guess. Right. To like sit there and watch you rubbing in your cream. It's weird. It's weird. It's a little dramatic. It's a little dramatic. Yeah. And she's just like, we have these people coming tonight. Like you need to make a good impression and you have to make the Patman name look good. And I'm just like, this boy's mother has just died. <laughs> Right, exactly. And poor Roger, he's feeling so insecure because he feels like he can't do anything right. You know, there's this dinner party. He shakes the woman's hand, and I guess he wasn't supposed to shake her hand. Mrs. Ferguson. Mrs. Ferguson, who's awful as well. And so I they, have a, they have a 30-person dinner table, which... <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah. Custom-made, I'm assuming. It reminds me of, like, the scene from Gilligan's Island where they got home and, like, the... the hot, you remember Gilligan's Island, yes. right? The howls were sitting at opposite ends of a table like this, and they were using an intercom to talk to each other. (laughs) (laughs) It was that big. I mean, come on. Yes. And then, like, you know, they're like, I still can't believe you bought that stock when I told you to sell. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and the whole description of the Patman's house, dark, cold, quiet. 
yeah. So yeah, just kind of a scary old mansion. Yeah. It reminds me of the book, I'm sure you've read, Rebecca. Yes. Yes. It's like when she moved into that, what's the name of that that mansion? I don't, I don't know, but that's a great, that's Waverly, a Waverly, I think, Waverly. Yeah. Um, I think what it was called. She came and she was like alone and it's dark and quiet and scary and there's scary servants. And... Yes. Yes. So yeah, that's one of my favorite books. It's a good book. Yeah. Have you seen the movie? Yeah, the Hitchcock one? Yeah. Yes, classic. I've seen that movie many times. Really? Yes. That's so funny. I had no idea, CJ. Gosh, I'm learning new things about you every day. I read that at, in high school and at Bennett freshman year. Huh. That's a cool book to read. Like, there's you read a, that for a, class? I did, yeah. You know, it is truly almost, rags to riches. Yes. And then <laughs> Olivia is a little bit nervous about this because she doesn't quite know how if she's still going to fit into this new life and Jessica being Jessica. Holy moly. What an uh, awful person. I what know. An awful person. And her sister, is there like a bigger metaphor for Elizabeth wearing a watch? I don't Do you get know. That? The only, they look identical except Elizabeth wears a watch. All right. Here's right. what I think. Okay. What? Yes, please. She watches her sister be evil. And a horrible human being and does nothing about it. Right. That's yeah. why she's also the editor of the Eyes and Ears or whatever it's called. She listens, she hears, she does not, and she just accepts it. Mm-hmm. She is, I would almost say, just as bad as her sister. <laughs> That's my take. <laughs> I mean, I don't, and I really felt it in this book mm-hmm. more than any other books where I'm like, where are the people keeping Jessica accountable? Deep, deep down, Elizabeth is rooting for Jessica. She gets <laughs> pleasure out of what Jessica does. I, th- I think that, actually. That, that's my weird take on this whole series. I think Jessica is the, the smarter of the two. Interesting. Obviously, the more evil of the two, but... This, see, this is interesting. Remember in English class in high school, you read a book, and my wife and I talk about this all the time. It's like finding like the hidden meaning in these books, and it's mm. like meaning really there or was it just supposed to be a story right obviously reading into this a little bit i doubt francine thought about this that deeply i mean but that's the nature of uh books and and art you can right that's true you can see what you want you can can open for interpretation yes you can pull your own lessons out of there right yeah jessica feels that now that roger is roger patman he needs someone more exciting in his life than Olivia. Olivia is not worthy of being in the Patman sphere, but she is worthy. Her plan was to basically befriend Olivia in order to break down her, her confidence and her self-worth. That's kind of what it came down to to me. Is that what you kind of got from this? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> yeah. In every way possible. Um, some great examples. There's the first party... The, the not, well, not excluding that dinner party. So they have a pool party in their Olympic-sized pool. Yes. Which, wow. <laughs> <laughs> and Jessica is going to get Olivia to embarrass herself. Yeah. And then there's a scene where they go swimming, and Jessica does this like elaborate Greg Luganis type dive She's into like, the pool. Diving contest. <laughs> and Olivia belly flops. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. In there, it stings, you know, it, uh, especially in front of uh, every 
popular person in your class. I mean, right. And she, I mean, why would you do that? Olivia, why are you so dumb? Why would you die then if you weren't a great diver? I'd be like, no, nah, I'm going to skip. I'm just going to kind of wave myself in or just kind of come in from the side. Yeah. It's crazy how just so eager she was to listen to Jessica. And I don't really think they were friends before. And I think she might have just been so uncomfortable and desperate to like fit in that she was willing to take it from anywhere. And she had to have known Jessica's, I mean, sure, her reputation at the school was. One would think. As, one as would you think. Know what. So, I mean, I, why would she. I don't know. I, I, you're right, though. You're right. Maybe it was just desperation. She knew Jessica had a taste for the finer things. And yeah. Knew, yeah. Knew Jessica really never had an interest in Roger to begin with in the past. Yeah. So, yeah. So maybe she felt right. safe. Who had an interest in Roger when he was, was it? Was it was it Lila. Lila. Lila had an interest. That, that would have been, that would have played better. Right. It would have made sense. Yeah. Yeah. This but, is like out of the field, but I get it though. I mean, it makes sense because he's rich now. And oh, true. that's true. Jessica's, you know, MO. She's like, give me a rich guy. Yeah, yeah, she's after the money. Yes. I want to go back to the pool scene. Uh-huh. Bruce's swimwear. Wasn't he wearing like a Speedo? Oh, it was something weird. It that was. They- and I don't think they used the word Speedo, but I remember thinking like, is he wearing a Speedo? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Bruce was standing and talking to several girls who appeared to be a couple of years older than Elizabeth. Typical Bruce, he said, grinning. I don't know where he finds them. I want to know where he found that bathing suit, George announced. It's the tiniest thing I've ever seen. It looks like a Band-Aid, Todd agreed, laughing. <laughs> yeah. I was like, wait, What? <laughs> A Band-Aid? Like, that doesn't even make any sense. You're right. It doesn't make any sense. Like, a swimsuit. Unless you're thinking like the big Band-Aids that like cover like a big, (laughs) you know, I I, I don't know. Um, There's a great scene. I was going to say she drinks lemonade with Mrs. Patman. I was just going to talk about that. That scene is some scary stuff right there. I was like. Got shivers down my spine. (laughs) Because Mrs. Patman is like, who are Roger's close friends then? I want to make sure he knows the right sort of people now that he's part of the family. And then Jessica says, I'm not really sure. And she's like, what about Olivia? And then Jessica's like, oh, I'm not really friends with her. I always thought she's too shy. Um, And then, yeah, here Mrs. Patman's like, I've thought so, too, Mrs. Patman exclaimed, as if being shy were a criminal act. Of course, you're too sweet to say so, Jessica, but this Olivia is terribly awkward, isn't she? Not really the sort of girl who could help Roger very much, now that he has so much to learn, if you know what I mean, she added. I think I do, Jessica said, lowering her eyes. Mrs. Patman smiled coolly at Jessica and set her glass down on the table. We understand each other, don't we? She asked sweetly. (laughs) Yeah. Scary. Pretty horrible. <laughs> I mean, is that Jessica in 20 years? She she would like that, actually, I think. I think she would like it. I think she would like it. Well, yeah. Mrs. Pamman also smoking, like, one of those, like, long cigars. <laughs> I don't know, but I can picture it. I can... <laughs> Holy, like, big sunglasses, like, taking up her whole face. Mm-hmm. And I picture, I picture a red, see-through, pajama-looking yeah. swim cover. Mm-hmm. And, and sucking on one of those long cigarettes. Yep. Yeah, and she's like, I love to see you and Roger together two weeks from tonight at the party we're having at the club. I think you two would make such a lovely couple. So Jessica's like, 
Okay. Now, the other thing, though, that happened at that barbecue was that it got set up for the tennis match. Yes. The way it was written, it was supposed to be Roger and Olivia versus Jessica and Bruce. Bruce. Yes. That's how I think it was written. But then when the day came, Jessica said, well, how about we do boy or somebody says, let's do boys versus girls. Yes. Um, yes. And it's made, Jessica makes Olivia think Jessica herself is not good at tennis. And don't worry, it's just for fun. Even though Bruce, I guess, is like a tennis stud. and um, He's the Roger's captain of the that, team. Captain of the team. Okay. Roger doesn't really play tennis that well, but I'm assuming he's athletic enough considering yeah. his He's got a lot of natural athletic talent. Right, exactly. Skills that he'll be fine. So Jessica and Olivia go to the tennis shop to buy clothes. I think Olivia just ends up wearing her normal stuff. Yeah, like it's funny. I feel like she just took her to that store to make her feel insecure. Because, yeah, she tries on the outfit and she's like, I don't think this is me. And Jessica's like, yeah, you're probably right. Just wear whatever you want. Right. Just one little one little more dig at her at her confidence. So the the tennis match comes and. This is, I mean, Roger, I wrote down Roger was an a-hole during this tennis match. I agree. He was awful. For somebody who was his best friend and his girlfriend, he was just miserable. Now, maybe it was just hot and he was sweaty. You know how you get when you're hot and sweaty, you kind of get crabby sometimes. Um, even when they're out there just playing a, playing a, a game, you know, with yeah. no consequences. But there's a scene where Olivia falls on her face. Yes. I believe. Yeah. And she wants to just stop. Yeah. She wants to, she's like, and, I'm done. Right. And Roger says, what does he He says something like, you're not going to quit, are you? Yes. He really belittles her. Yeah. He, no, he does. I did. Yeah, I did write down this moment. He's like, you don't want to stop. Do you live? He asked. I, yeah, I wrote down in that moment. Clueless. <laughs> right. Obviously, his girlfriend's having a horrible time. She's can't hit any balls back. She's, she's <sighs> making a fool out of herself. They're, Bruce is playing. Bruce was supposed to play just as an easy game, but he's going out there just just yeah. blood. And Jessica's a good tennis player, too. And so she's like, I think she chose to do it with her and Olivia just to, like, show the contrast of how great Jessica was as as a tennis player in comparison to Olivia. I I felt so much for Olivia in this moment because I am not the most athletic person. And there's nothing worse than, like, public humiliation when you're in, like, an athletic situation. I swear, like, they talk about her having tears in her eyes, and, like, I was I was there with her. I've been that person, you know? How could she still not realize what's going on here at that point? Yes. Like, enough. Have self-pride. Get up and walk away. Yeah. And say, I'm done. I'm done with this. And she does walk away, does. which yes. I appreciated. I was like, yeah. maybe it's getting in her head a little bit here. And but the thing is, is like she leaves and she's apologizing to Jessica. She says, thanks, Jess. Olivia repeated, getting out of the car. She shook her head then smiling. It wasn't your fault. I was such a disaster, she added. Jessica smiled to herself as she drove away. Fault isn't the word I choose, she thought. Credit is more like it. And the credit is all mine. So and then that scene right there is Jessica trying to make herself more attractive to Roger or to, you know, destroy Olivia's self-conscious. I feel like it's both. Self- Self-confidence, sorry. Yeah. I think yeah, it's like it's... two birds with one stone, you know? Right. Have you seen Wicker Man? No, no. Anyway, I don't want to spoil the movie, but it's basically this movie about this cult who throughout the whole movie is manipulating this guy into taking actions that he thinks he's doing willingly. And okay. then in the end, something happens. And this like reminds me of that. Like Jessica is creating this this whole story or this, these actions that these people are taking, but she's manipulating it the whole time. And it's like, when you said that she's a smarter twin 
as evil as she is, I mean, this is some major manipulation and like, she doesn't have brain power for this. She knows how to really get into people's heads and it's a little bit scary. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, Jessica does some other evil things to Olivia. Olivia made a dress for the party. Right, says, it's, says it's awful or Jessica, something. Jessica, yeah, right? says it's horrible. She's like, it's a little informal. And she's like, I could maybe wear that over a bathing suit. <laughs> <laughs> so evil. Jessica also planted another seed of doubt. Yes. By saying that she overheard Roger talking ill about her fitting in at the country club party. Yeah, and like how he wishes she could be different. Right. Jessica gets Olivia so worked up that yes. she actually breaks it off. She's supposed to be Roger's day to the country club party. Yep. Yep. And she gets so worked up that she is the one that actually breaks up with him. Yes. And like, yeah, the, the refreshing take of honesty in this book. And she tells him she doesn't want to go to the party with him. Right. And he's like, why not? She's like, lots of reasons. But the biggest one is that your family makes me feel really uncomfortable. I just don't think I'd be able to act myself and still have a good time. Perfect. Yeah. Honesty. Roger's like, you don't care about me. He's like, do you know what that would look like? And she's like, what about my feelings? You know, he's become this image guy. But I can't fault him too much because he's trying to survive in this new environment. And for him, surviving right now looks like trying sure. to fit into this new family. So yeah. I got to give him a little slack. Sure, sure. <laughs> and then, like, no. it's, it's, well then, And then, like, as all this happening is happening, we get a little bit of insight into Elizabeth's mind where she's like, finally saying, you know, kind of putting two and two together, like, oh, what? Like, yeah. something doesn't make sense here. Why Why were they hanging out? And you now they're broken up. Like, is my sister really being, you know, is she really evil? Is she, you know, and even though she knows it, she right. says it's impossible to stay angry at Jessica. Yeah. It's like she she gets an inkling and then she's like, but she, Jessica, who would do that? Why would anyone do that? Why, what reason would Jessica have to do that? Right, right. Even to Olivia, she defends Jessica. Yep, yep. Directly. Yep. And so I, I, don't, I don't remember what sparks Roger to then change his mind. Oh, oh I know. He overhears. Yeah, so he's trying on cufflinks. Yep, this is the closet. day of the party. Day of the party. Yeah. And He's he going hears, with Jessica, and Jessica's yeah, like, Jessica, the plan this, has worked. She's made right, it work. I'm really happy. And yeah. um, he overhears Mrs. Patman, I'm assuming, talking to Fer Mrs. Ferguson. Mrs. Ferguson, yes. And he realizes, like, a light bulb goes off, like, oh, this was all. And I think they even mentioned maybe Jessica as being part of the plot. She's like, I like once she says oh he's not coming with olivia he's coming with that blonde girl and yeah, and yeah. then she's like i actually have jessica to thank for that really and then she says like they're learning younger and younger these days yeah, right. i was like oh <laughs> <laughs> so the light bulb goes off in roger's head mm -hmm. and you this is this is probably pretty anticlimactic in the book like i think you it looks like he's gonna all of a sudden have some kind of like revenge on jessica yes like, ooh, the plot. Like, what's he going to do? Right. Yes. Fizzles. This was so confusing to me, this moment. It was moment. pretty dumb, actually. It so was. He calls, he calls the girls and, like, speaks with the twins and speaks with both of them. Yeah, and he's like, right? well, he said, come over here. He's like, Jessica, something happened. Can you come over and bring Elizabeth, too? Right. So Elizabeth and Jessica show up at Roger's house. And yes. this is so weird. Yeah, this is the most anticlimactic thing. You're so yeah. right. 
he kind of just I'm tells go, go into the dance with Olivia. That's what he says. Yeah, right. he's like, right? there was a misunderstanding, and Olivia's mad, and I need to fix this, and we all need to go over to her place together, but not because like Jessica, you need to say what you did. It's like, right? It's more just like I don't know why they need to go over together. Why like why? Elizabeth? Why with Elizabeth? Like I don't know. It had nothing to do with this plot. It was so it, bizarre, yeah, right? Was she in any other? She had no, no other issue with this plot. Did she? Did, did she talk with Olivia? I can't remember. Did they confide? I mean, I mean, they work at the Oracle Martin. together, and maybe she saw her upset a, a little bit, or I don't know. But anyways, he brings them both. Like he says, they're gonna. He's gonna go make amends with Olivia. Yeah. And Jessica bows out. She says, "Well, like, I'm not gonna go." Elizabeth's, Elizabeth's better at this. Yeah. So I'll let her go. And then Jessica picks up the phone and calls whatever that dude is to Neil. go to be her date. Neil something. Neil. Yes. And she's whatever unaffected by it. She's basically. like, it's your lucky day, Neil. Guess right, who exactly. you're taking to the party tonight. What, what? <laughs> he's like, sure. And he's supposed to be like an attractive, rich guy as yeah, well. Yeah, he's got a nice car, I think. Why, why isn't he bringing another girl? Doesn't he have another date? I know. Well, yeah, I know. Is he that? Is he that hooked on Jessica that he just sits around and waits for her? I mean, it's Jessica. Does he go to their school? Is he their age? I don't know. <laughs> like, why wouldn't he have another date? It's so, so bizarre. There's a million Maybe, other girls. Maybe, I mean, he might be a college guy. Maybe like... And he might be, a, Jessica likes the old Ben sometimes. Is, so he maybe old, is he older? He don't might know be. For sure. Yeah, so that's done. Jessica's whatever, boom. Yeah, she's, she's fine. fine. Olivia's fine. And, and she's like, Roger's like, I'm taking you and I don't care what anyone thinks. And she's you like. You wear their homemade dress, I believe. So that the party, <laughs> they have a receiving line, right? Yes. Of sorts. <laughs> it's like a wedding. And the Fergusons go through and like, and Roger, like, kind of rudely and I mean, abruptly, says, "This is my date. I'm not. I'm not with the blonde. I'm with Olivia." Right. I mean, but what he says to her is not that bad. She says, "Roger, what a surprise! I thought that the pretty blonde girl was going to be your date this evening." And then Roger cleared his throat. Mrs. Ferguson, this is my girlfriend, Olivia Davidson. He said firmly, okay, firmly, I guess. There was a little misunderstanding earlier. And, a luck- and luckily, Olivia was able to come after all. I'm very pleased to introduce you to do. And then it's like, well, Mrs. Ferguson said. She made a high nasal noise and put her nose in the air. <laughs> and then, then Mrs. Patton's like, Roger, I need to have a word with you. And she takes him to the coat room, which I guess I say, this is the second coat room confrontation at the Sweet Valley Country Club. This is like a very, this is a hot spot of drama, this coat room. <laughs> the coats are acting like a buffer. You won't be able to hear. Aha. I like it. Know. Very smart. <laughs> yeah. And she's just like, how dare you talk that way to Mrs. Ferguson? And then, then Mr. Patman, this is Mr. Patman, who's kind of been, he's been a presence in this book, but. He was very minor though. But so then he comes in and he's this, the polar opposite of the woman he married, which happens all the time, right? I I know that was, I was like, what? Yeah, that was confusing. Yeah. And he kind of like, he kind of mansplains this a little bit where he's like, now look here, Marie, Mr. Patman said, remember the reason we're having this party is to welcome Roger into our family. What we have to remember, he added, is that it takes more than a party to welcome a new nephew. It's like, thank you for that lesson, Mr. Patman. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but he did kind of say Roger, though. He did. I'm glad that at least he has an ally in Mr. Patman. That was just a, a quick, I mean, again, with all the yin and yang that this story has, the extreme mm. good, arguable if he's extreme good, but he's obviously the good. Yeah. Wife's the bad. Yeah. Elizabeth, Jessica. I'd yeah. say 
Roger and Bruce maybe are mm. the good and the bad. Yeah. Maybe I'm overly simplifying things, but I mean, um, we're talking Sweet Valley here. I think yeah, you can yeah. simplify it. <laughs> Sweet Valley. Think of think of a valley between two mountain ranges. Uh huh. Good and bad. Wow, so, that's pretty good. Go. That's pretty good, CJ. <laughs> um, yeah. So that I mean, and that's pretty much where we end this book. <laughs> After all of that, it's just that's the thing. It's like Jessica never learns she doesn't she left this the same way that she came into it that i think is what upset me after i was done with this i was just like this girl is Water getting off a duck's back just just goes and she just goes on with life I, exactly like, what's next? no one holds her Which... accountable this the la- last two books in both both of them she was manipulating two people both who have re- had recently lost immediate family members and i was just like i cannot with you anymore i can't She's she's the bad seed. She is. Even at the end, even at the end, she doesn't even come clean to Elizabeth. It was just like, she's like, I was just trying to help Liz. How was I supposed to know Olivia was so insecure? I really did want to help her. I don't know. Please tell me some point in the series that she becomes somewhat aware. You know, not so evil, civil. Yeah. no, she has some compassion. That would be the, a good, good turning point in the series. If something mm-hmm. horrible happens to Jessica and then somebody's nice to her and she realizes, you know what? I'm yeah. really not the type of person. Roger and Olivia also sort of let Jessica off the hook because they were both kind of like, if I wasn't so insecure, she wouldn't have gotten to me. But I don't know if, if they need to take on all of that. No. It, right? I mean, that's, I guess that's mature. They're owning their part. But I mean... I mean, it's their self-awareness there. They're taking response. She's taking responsibility. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jessica gets off the hook completely. Yes. It's just, it's, yeah. It just adds to the fizzling out of this book. Yes. Again, there was no good revenge by yeah. Roger. Right. You wanted to see that revenge. So no. maybe though owning, the, you know, Olivia owning and Roger owning it at the end shows how they've matured. Yeah. And they realized it was just so stupid Yeah, um, that they didn't talk to each other. Mm-hmm. And that, that is my ultimate lesson. I know you asked the question. Yes. And let's, let's go, let's go there. Cause I think we can go there. Yes. What is your lesson CJ? Just to be honest with either your friends or your significant other. Mm-hmm. If you are not, that's how drama happens. It, it feels like high school. And I granted this book is set in high school. That's what it feels like. I'm like that at work. If I have to, tell an employee something I just go and tell them mm-hmm. there's no point beating around the bush right just say what you're feeling right why couldn't these best friends Olivia and Roger these best friends and lovers or yeah. <laughs> whatever significant <laughs> others why <laughs> couldn't you see them calling each other lovers though in this context oh yeah I guess like the whole haughtiness of the richness and the I, you know the 80s that's so. true <laughs> but if they would have just come clean to begin with Mm-hmm. And Olivia said, I feel really self-conscious. And Roger and if he just said to her, don't worry at all. Mm-hmm. We'll get through this together. Yes. You know, or you know what? Hi, Ro- calls up Roger. Are we really, do we got to play tennis? Yes. I'm horrible at it. I'm terrible. Yes. Like, please be on my team. Okay. Okay. And then if the day comes and he betrays her, well then screw Roger. You're done with him. Yeah. 
that's the take home is just to be honest and open. That's such a good point because it's like, there was so much change going on around Roger, him and Olivia were the constant, like they could, that's like, he almost needed to cling to that more, that relationship more in that Mm -hmm. world, you know? And, and yeah, they, that was too bad. So I'm glad they're still together. There's no way they're lasting those two. I'm sorry. Really? I would say this. Yes, please. I'm telling you right now, he would go to college. He would be pre-med. And I'm using that in quotes, Uh pre-med. And after his first semester, he'd realize, oh, what the heck? I'm rich here. I'm the the cool guy on campus. I have all this money. Um, He's out. Probably no way he's dating Olivia anymore. And he's like, he doesn't study very hard. And he ends up failing his first biology class, pre-med biology class, and realizes like me, maybe I'll go study economics or something. Mm-hmm. I just, I mean, unless he's so altruistic that he would just put himself, put himself through all of that. Yeah. All years of schooling plus. Yeah. And in a very stressful situation when you've got the money already, just, and not that everyone goes in the, becomes, goes to medical school for, for money. But yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I just, I just wouldn't do it. <laughs> I'm being honest with you. I love There's that. There's no way I would do it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's like, so he, he needs to go to college, right? And he, yeah, that's true. You're right. I know everything. He yeah. He could be an entrepreneur. He can be, he could a, be an Olympic athlete. I mean, he could throw all that money into training for the Olympics. You know, it's like, he can, yeah, can, he can do anything. He's, He's already seven eighths of the way there. Exactly. Speed, so. Exactly. Oh so, yeah. So that's a good lesson. So yeah. CJ. The, other, the other lesson is money can't buy you class. Oh my gosh. Okay. I, I, Countess de la Dude. Oh wait. Okay, I right I, I need to show life. you. Look. <laughs> Do you see? Oh my it? gosh! <gasps> wow, dude. Man. I wrote lesson. <laughs> Money can't buy you class. Countess Luann. Elegance is learned, my friend. <laughs> That's cousins, scary. That is cousins. really scary. Holy moly! <laughs> I know. Who knows that? Who would know that song? But we know that song. I was gonna. Sing it! You like you you totally like you butted into my moment. <laughs> I was really like, money That's can't funny. buy. I love Countess Lorianne. I'm sorry, <laughs> she's the best reality show character there is out there right now. I think, in my opinion, and that, yeah, that's, that's that funny. is so funny that ugh, CJ. That is hilarious. So, okay. So that was my first lesson that money can't buy you class. My second lesson, my real one was that I really love Roger's thoughts about home, the the, the idea of home. And like, you can be rich, you have all this stuff in the world, but it's like the feeling, the people, that's what makes home. And that's what makes you feel at home. And that just made me. He's homeless at this point. He's homeless. He doesn't really have a safe space to be. And that's really tough. Yeah, I, so I, I feel for Roger, but I do feel for him too. If he didn't have so much money, I'd feel for him more. <laughs> but, but money, money can't replace people. No, exactly, and you know. So CJ. Yeah, my the promotion. I really have nothing to promote. I hope and, you know if you need a root canal in Maine, come see me. But I would promote my my daughter's Instagram. <gasps> it's not it's not that it's not that big at all. But Scarlett has aspirations. She's a really good dancer. So her Instagram, which is edited by mommy. <laughs> it's dance mama m-a-m-a s-f-t dance mama s-f-t those are my daughter's initials and it's at instagram oh moderated gosh. by sarah i so. love i didn't oh my god well i can't wait to follow her dance mama s-f-t that's amazing hi scarlet 
Hi. Scarlett <laughs> Thomas on the podcast. <laughs> your dad promoted your Instagram. <laughs> I'm excited to follow you. So yeah, if you see Lessons from Sweet yeah, Valley, tree, follow you. I tree guys here. I got to go. You have to go. Okay, bye. Love you. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Thanks for being on, CJ. Thanks for saying uh, hi, Scarlett. Yeah, you guys are awesome. All take right. care. Please subscribe to the Lessons from Sweet Valley podcast on iTunes and leave us a rating or review if you enjoy the show. This helps people out there find the podcast. Also, please visit our Facebook and Instagram pages to get updates and more information about episodes when they are released. Thanks again and see you for book 17, Love Letters. <laughs>